All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The first selection of the National Hockey League draft belongs to the Daily Faceoff podcast. Comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL draft. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 50 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. I can't believe we made it to number 50, boys. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, in Brantford, <laughs> Dylan D. Berthiam. How's it going, D? Pretty good, man. Feels good to be on the right side of 50, you know what I'm saying? There you go. And Michael <laughs> Beebs Bondi joining us from Windsor. Like, doesn't sound as cool uh, as yeah. Feels... <laughs> I was gonna say, well, when you try to like drag it out like you do, yeah, like winter, uh, <laughs> this doesn't work. Um, I'm doing good though. Uh, as D said, feels phenomenal to be on the right side of 50. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. It was so boys, funny. Boys. I don't know why I'm just gonna randomly bring this up, but I got to uh... recognize it in real. <laughs> I got this intern kid for uh, for Wings Nation the other day, and so I was going and interviewing him the other day. And he was, we were just shooting the shit, and he asked like where I went to school or whatever. And for some reason, I dropped like what grade school I went to first, and then which high school. And this kid's like nineteen years old, and when I dropped my grade school, he's just like, "What's that?" 
because it just like doesn't <laughs> exist anymore like i was part of like the last graduating class of that school he's like what's that i'm like you know like this it's a car dealership and i was like oh yeah i'm like oh my god dude i never felt so old in my life i was like holy. Car yeah i was just like i couldn't believe it when he was like oh, what is that i've never heard of that school i was like what i'm the oldest human ever this guy's 19 yeah this guy's asking you he can buy booze and he doesn't remember your school how Brock just leads off of this. Well, no, he told me. He told me. <laughs> that might the least interest. He told me he went to a grade school like our school yeah, was what? was pretty big rivals with back in the day. But then I kind of forgot the fact that like I was like twenty, almost twenty six years old. And he's nineteen. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, you were like just being born. Did when you I was in grade eight? Not quite, but were you talking about grade schools so that me and D could mention that we went to grade school with Ekblad, or is that just no? You can slip that in there if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> he went to our grade okay, school. Yeah, well, we, yeah, <laughs> either way, uh, like with us, <laughs> like he was there when we were there. Not in our grade, but he was there when we sister. were there. We watched him grow. Yeah, <laughs> we watched him Very grow. Watched him grow. We watched uh, him. That's not weird at all. We did. That's funny. We watched what now is <laughs> a legendary defenseman in Florida. I actually didn't even know he played hockey until like probably my grade 10 or 11 year they're like oh yeah he's like rated best defenseman in all of canada for his age and i was like what? Was <laughs> that's like, pretty dude. cool <laughs> yeah. just, i thought he was Beeb's a volleyball just, player <laughs> just sitting here like yeah i watched him grow but uh yeah. boys let's let's yeah, get into some fantasy hockey here we're we're coming around here to the all-star <laughs> break i finally get a couple days off i'm headed up to the cottage oh. fired up about it i hate it though I like having a couple days off. Christ, it feels good. Except they decided they always got to pack like 50 games. I hate the night not before. having fantasy hockey though. Yeah, it's nice for a little break though. You got the double week yeah, but... this week right before. Gets you real excited. Brock, do you have to do like anything during All Star break, or is it just like a big vacay for the kids? It's pretty much a big vacay. I got to do some stuff for like Wings Nation. Um, if there's any like crazy injury news that just randomly drops, but most like the guys that aren't at the All Star game are like on vacation too, right? So there's not like a whole lot of information going around right. so I, I don't really have to do much uh, a lot of like beach selfies and stuff yeah yeah i don't i'm sitting there retweeting guys just on the beach that's what tsn does so i might as well start doing it they're like oh matthews and martyr on the beach i should start doing it maybe i'll get more followers ridiculous uh but let's start you gotta follow it's it so up bitter. with us on the beach though let's start so with bad. a segment that was actually given to us by one of our listeners so i would just like to thank at cam mills 24 uh he pitched the it's idea god's work cam more accurately doing brock's work but... yeah yeah for sure uh he pitched the idea he's like here's a potential segment idea he called it hashtag live up to the name which is a pretty good name i think basically wants us to name guys that are Sick. still being rostered in fantasy oh, hockey that are not really like they shouldn't be rostered but they are because they're a big name or you know were a big name a couple years ago and they're kind of just still lingering on teams just strictly because of the name um and then he also went on to add that we should maybe talk about guys who are big name guys that are struggling but you should be more patient with so we went ahead and gave uh one example for each um and d we'll start with you who's a guy a big name player who's struggling this year that just should not be rostered but still somehow manages to be on teams Right, so I'm going to throw a little bit more shade at a guy who's definitely received his fair share from us already this year, uh, but he just fits the bill, so I'm sorry, Patrick Sharp. <laughs> Four goals, five assists, and 23 games for Sharp. Uh, still at 59% owned in Yahoo. Uh, you know, I, at first it was hard to call because he was definitely one I wanted to talk about because he's obviously a guy who struggled a lot this year. Um, like, which way you should really be leaning with him. And, like, 
Although I do think like he ultimately uh, is probably not rosterable in most standard leagues. I think it's pretty borderline, so it's kind of you got to make the call based on what's out there, I think. Um, he's still getting around three shots a game. He's always been a heavy shooter, but he's playing less. He's averaging just 16 minutes and 10 seconds a game this year, which is the lowest since 0506. This year he was traded to the Hawks. Um, so, you know, if I were to be optimistic, I'd point out that he's only shooting 6.6%. He's got a career mark of 11.3. And his on-ice shooting percentage sitting kind of low at 6.5%. Uh, would be the lowest mark of his career. But, like, the, to me, like, the ice time, the opportunity just isn't there to, you know, make it worth it, even if that regression comes around. Um, so I can't really blame anyone who wants to cut him, especially, you know, with some of the intriguing options that have come up late off the waiver wire. Um, he's playing on the third line right now and isn't getting a lot of power play time. So it's not looking good for uh, P Sharp right now. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a guy that's been delivered his fair share of shade uh, on this podcast. But, it, I mean, he's a guy that, like, if he moves up to that top line, uh, is obviously a must own. Yeah. But then, like, it just, he's, he hasn't, he has had a really hard time staying healthy. Yeah, he's not even playing with Spetsa right now. Yeah, and he, he just cannot seem to move up the lineup. Uh, Patrick Eves, like, he was a guy that was like sometimes there, sometimes not last year, and he's just suddenly become cemented in that top he's line. The guy. So uh, they absolutely love him. Uh, but yeah, Patrick Sharp's had a tough time. He was also a guy that we talked about last week as potentially pretty old. somebody that could be on the move to at the deadline just if Dallas kind of falls out of it. Um, yeah. But, but Biebs, who's a guy that uh, is sticking around on teams with a big name that you think uh, should just be cut? Um, I don't know how huge name he is, but someone who's just sticking around way too long, and I think people are starting to catch on, but it's Gabriel Landis Cog. Um, I never want to go against Nav, ever. But, Talk um, about a guy getting still, a lot of shade on this show. <laughs> uh, he kind of deserves it. I, I, I totally pushed for him to do better earlier on, too, just because everything seemed to line up, and he's like, oh, he's going to be first line this, first line that. Hey, but now better. he's... Now, um, Colorado has, hasn't even hit triple digits for total team goals yet, um, which is just <laughs> terrible. They're the only team in the league who hasn't. Uh, <laughs> put it in perspective, Pittsburgh almost has double the amount of team goals as Colorado. So anyone on Colorado fantasy-wise is just not a good own right now. But Landis Cog, for example, or for one, is a huge one. He's still 70% owned um, in Yahoo leagues. Currently has 17 points through 36 games. If you put that across 82 games, it's only a 39-point season. Um, and I don't think we roster guys who put up 39 points. Not know. often. Not unless <laughs> you're even in a 50 with team that, league. Yeah, exactly. Friends. And um, he's shooting 10.7%. So it's not like, you know, it's not like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's he's shooting bad. That's why he's not putting up points. He's shooting better than his career average, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just really just a guy you should let go of. Um, Colorado's power play, <laughs> like at some point, you think that's a bonus for a guy. But right now, Colorado's power play is not something you even want anyone on. Grab someone off... Uh, Grab a third line. Negatives at this point, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's all just, yeah. I don't even know. But anyways, uh, just in general, he's a career fifty-seven point or fifty-seven and a half point player per season through eighty-two games. That's in mostly he's kind of borderline even rosterable. Maybe it is rosterable, but still, um, that that's not that great. So I wouldn't expect him, as we mention all the time, with what's remaining left of this year, to really you know pick his socks up and you know do more because he's just it's just not working out that way and unfortunately i do think he's going to be staying with colorado it just seems more duchene will move but yeah and that's the thing i was just going to point out is another guy that we kind of talked about last week as a potential uh trade piece come deadline day uh and then if he goes to a team and all of a sudden finds himself in the top six on a team that can actually score he becomes uh, mm-hmm. an interesting option but i mean as of right now pl- uh, the way he's playing, just the way the whole team's playing, yeah, like that's crazy that he's shooting ten, you know, over ten percent, just on pace for under forty points this year. Uh, 
Not something I don't think anybody really expected. I know we kind of mm-hmm. thought that this team would be able to score a little bit preseason because uh, they, they have weapons. They just, I don't know, they're just not good at all. Um, <laughs> no. No. But, uh, yeah. and then here's another guy. It's funny. This segment was just like, this segment was like brought to you by a guy from Twitter that listens to the show. And it was basically just a segment for us to throw mad shade at guys that we've already thrown shade at on this <laughs> podcast like this year. Much, yeah. I'm going hey, to go ahead. Show some love, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm going to go ahead and talk about Andrew Ladd, who has obviously received a ton of heat on this podcast this year. And it's not just As this he podcast. Should. He's received a ton of heat league-wide this year. He's still somehow uh, 40% owned. Um, Ladd currently has a 43.57 Corsi 4. Um that works out to a minus 3.4 Corsi Rel to the Islanders uh, this season, which is just brutal. Uh, Lad currently well standard on the Islanders. Too. Yeah, Lad currently <laughs> has just 12 points, uh, eight goals, four assists in 42 games, and oh things that he he was never like a massive point so contributor, oh but he he always was a decent fantasy player because he he put up a decent number of goals and assists. But he also contributed in other counting statistics too, right? Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> not yeah, at no, all. No, nothing. Uh, so Ladd averaged two plus hits per game and two point five over two point five shots per game over the last three seasons in Winnipeg. That's down to one point zero <laughs> hits and one point five shots this season. He's basically become useless. He's literally a shell of like what he was. I'd not get in the minutes. That. Literally is doing nothing. And so like I was just going I was really when I did this, I was trying to look at the leagues I was actually in, opposed to just own percentages, and I wanted to find guys that were on teams that I was just like, What do you why? So I literally just went in all my leagues and Lad is owned in every single one of them. I just couldn't even believe it. I was this is absurd. <laughs> This guy has 12 points. We're at the all-star break. What are you doing? Yeah. Those are casual fantasy hockey fans. Yeah, sure. just like drafted Andrew Ladd. It's just like, I, like, how do you go on your team in the middle of, end of January, and like, oh, 12 points. You're staying on the squad. <laughs> you know what, man? Like, we can't, we can't hate on those uh, ignorant fantasy owners because that's what drives people to listen to podcasts like these, you know, to, out, to outwit the super ignorant. So, yeah. Uh, it's we true. need those, yeah. you know, and we also need, <laughs> we need those. The, we need the losers. The winners need losers. It's it's easy to beat them too. So everybody, exactly. everybody, no. everybody loves Love those, those guys. But uh, <laughs> Beebs, we'll go back to you here. Um, who's a guy, big name guy, who's had his fair share of struggles that you think um, people should be a little more patient with? I guess you could also consider these guys as buy low candidates here as the fantasy hockey mm-hmm. deadline approaches as well. So who's a guy you're sticking with or would potentially uh, be interested in buying low on? Um, it's someone who you could probably get right now for pennies if you were to make a trade in your league. Um, Zach Prize is my pick for this one. I kind of had a tough time choosing someone. Um, I don't know. But Zach Prize, he's one of those guys where he's kind of been a model of consistency in the last couple of years. He's had 25 goals in or more, um, which most times it has been more in four of his last five seasons, uh, which is very good for fantasy. And this year he's just really, really struggling so far. And it kind of just seems like he, there's no spot for him on. Well, there's just too many good, good players, players on Minnesota. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. And now that our boy, you know, Niederreiter's taking that first spot on the top line. Uh, Parise is down to the third line. But the one thing that I do like about him, he's still on that top power play. 
Um, it's going to get better. He only has seven power play points, and he's normally a big power play contributor, so I could definitely see him improving. They're not going to take Zach Parise off the power play. It's, you know, he's never too good, too much respect. You know, you can't do that. He has 21 points through 38 games this year, and he's uh, kind of, you know, looked like he was going to start picking it up, and then he just goes cold. But he's a, he's a hot or cold guy, and if he can get hot for the last, you know, 40-some-odd games, uh, 30 games, whatever, he can um, – I could definitely see him being – a nice second half contributor but again it's just so tough with how deep that minnesota lineup is yeah it's funny because i know i kind of talked about him this is probably going back uh three two or three weeks uh when he kind of just came back he started picking it up uh and then at one point he had 11 points in 11 games four goals seven Mm -hmm. assists there he went on a nice little tear i'm like okay this is maybe zach parise returning to form because that was like Minnesota's playing so well, you think that he would have something to do with it, but he really has not done much since that yeah. eleven points in eleven yeah. games. He's got one assist in his last eight, so he he heated up you know nicely there for a couple weeks, and then it's just gone back uh, ice cold. So Parise is definitely yeah. struggling, but that team is just too good. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to hate on the fact that he's been bumped down to the third line because we've been screaming for Nino Niederreiter to finally get that opportunity, finally getting it now, uh, and he's playing quite well uh but Parise is still a guy he, for it yeah for years oh, years i know somebody was just like oh yeah it's about time i'm like yeah no shit we've been just giving her for months if not years literally the entirety of the show i'm, I'm pretty sure i've been advocating for him oh yeah it's such a huge night to his first night yeah i love how yeah, i love how fine. we talk like i talked about him being my second half sleeper and then the next day i was just like i was updating the lines i couldn't tweet it to you guys fast enough i was like it's happening <laughs> It's really it's happening. happening. Uh, but yeah, so he's got two goals and three assists in five game or four games yeah. since that happened. So that's nice. Uh, but D, who's a big name guy struggling? You're sticking with. All right, so uh, you know, uh, definitely a guy not shy to getting a lot of love on this podcast. In fact, pretty sure it's already happened on this show. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk about Aaron Ekblad a little bit more. Um, seven goals, eight assists in 49 games this season. So obviously not up to par with what he's done in his first two seasons in the league. Um, but you know he's second to only Brent Birds for shots among defensemen right now with 157. It's a huge step up from where he's been the last couple of years. Um, not that he struggled in that department at all, but he's kind of moving into the elite category of shot production for defensemen. Um, shooting just four and a half percent on the year after shooting 7.1 and 8.2 in his first two seasons, respectively. Um, and obviously, where he's really struggled this year is the assists. Like, there's nothing wrong with seven goals at this point for a defenseman. Obviously, he could have more than he has, but. Um, when you look at it, you know, it's no surprise that his on-ice shooting percentage sits at a lowly 5% right now. It's gotten better. Uh, it should continue to regress. I think uh, it wasn't that long ago, probably a few weeks or a month ago, we were looking at his numbers and talking about how his on-ice shooting percentage was like sub-3%. Yeah. Um, so it's continuing to climb. Uh, I think part of it, too, like the lack of assists can be attributed to the issues Florida has had up front this year and missing a lot of really good players for long stretches of time. And I just think Ekblad is too good for this trend to really continue. Um, I think at this point it's probably going to go down as an off year for him, but, but I still expect solid production from him moving forward, especially given um, when you see how like the step forward he's taken in shot production this year. kind of, And he's not that far off Burns, only like 20 shots or so, which is obviously a pretty huge margin, but it's Brent Burns we're talking about. So. Yeah, Brent Burns is just a freak. It's yeah. uh, so, it's it's funny how much we've talked about Ekblad. Sorry to cut you off there, D, but no, it's just it's funny because like it started well, it started last year, but they carried in the preseason how he was like one of our big you know our big breakout defensemen, uh, and then it moved into more like okay he's struggling but he's gonna pick it up on ice shooting percentage is just like two, and then it was like. Yeah. 
okay, yeah, on-ice like, shooting percentage is, like, three. This is going to get better. Now it's, like, on-ice shooting percentage is five. And he's, just, <laughs> he's still – he's creeping, but nothing's really happening. Um, I think a lot of it, too, D, uh, just to add to your point, is, that, you know, his power play production is a little bit down, too. Their power play right. production as a whole is down. Obviously, when you're missing guys like Huberto and Barkov, uh, that's huge. Um, but I just I, – I can't fathom it. Like, I just cannot believe how much he's shooting the puck. Like, he's almost – He's almost set a career high in shots, and we're yeah. not even in February yet. So Yeah, and it's not even like, I think he was around 180 his first two years in the league. Yeah, right? it was so 170, like... 182, and he's already at right. 157. So, like, it's... Right, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's it's wild. But uh, just, if you can trade for this guy right now, like, I don't know how many times we can say it. We really can't stress it enough. Like, it's got to change, yeah, and it's, but it's such not. such a good We've been Because even if, like... It, even if the on like even if the assists like don't really uh, turn around to like the rates that it should be, like he's still gonna score a decent amount of goals for you from the back end, which is pretty valuable. It's Absolutely. more valuable than assists, obviously. Well, especially because right now you can almost add him as like a fourth defenseman on your on your roster. You don't have yeah. to add him as like the number two that you would have had him or number one at the start of the year. You can kind of add him as more of a depth defenseman because he's such a buy low candidate. So <laughs> you know your number four defenseman scoring 12, 13, 14 goals. Right. And, and then obviously, if you have shots, it's a yeah, exactly. And you're just gonna rip up counting counting stats as well, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a guy that I'm not giving up on yet is Sean Monahan. Seventy three percent on the Flames are in disarray right now. But uh, oh, Monahan started. He started to show signs of life recently. He had five goals, two assists for seven points from January thirteenth to twenty first. But then has been held off the score sheet for the last couple games. They're in play again tonight. Um, but the Flames, like I said, just they're struggling big time. So the All Star break really couldn't have come at a better time for Calgary. Uh, and Monahan should should have a better voice. second half. Now, it's funny because Monahan's taken a lot of heat this year. I think a lot of people expected a little more out, out of Monahan, Gaudreau, uh, just Calgary maybe all together. But he's basically in the exact same spot as he was last year. He had 14 <laughs> goals and 15 assists in 46 games uh, at this point last year. He has 15 goals and 15 assists in 51 games this season. So literally one extra goal in a cup in a handful more games at the exact date as last year. However, that's pretty crazy. From January 26th on, Monahan finished tied for eighth in the NHL with 34 points, 13 goals, 21 assists in 35 games. So I'm not saying it's going to happen again. But this is literally the exact same Sean Monahan we saw last year, and in the second half, not just Monahan, but Gaudreau as well. Yep. He was uh, a couple points off Monahan's pace from this point on last year, uh, but he, I believe, was also in the top fifteen, top twenty in points uh, down the stretch. So I couldn't believe when I was looking it up. I was like, "Oh, Monahan had a strong second half, I think, last year." And then I looked, I'm like, "Holy shit, man! It's literally the exact same." So yeah, who that's, knows? That's weird. It's I couldn't believe it. within one goal so uh, to the date too so we'll see uh, if it happens yeah, again. Goudreau is gonna I mean there, he's gonna turn it around too like you said and when he turns it around it's uh you know it's an A and B combo it's peanut butter and jelly they're going together yeah yeah and they're they're, they're playing together again which is nice they were broke up there for a couple games and then we kind of saw it oh look at that Goudreau's got an apple tonight beautiful uh, <laughs> it's funny though too right before we hopped on and recorded this uh, oh Monahan's got the goal nice. Uh, right before we recorded this, though, um, I was, like, driving home, and I looked down at my phone, my phone went off, and, uh, Andrew Ladd scored. I was like, shit, (laughs) I'm about to go tear his ass apart on the show, be like, he's terrible. Yeah, actually, Sharp scored tonight, too. Oh, my God. 
happens every Third time. Third goal we, of the season. Every time we talk about guys, they just end up scoring. Um, but before we go to a break in the Blue Stones, uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun here. It is All-Star Weekend coming up. Uh, the All-Star break is always uh, a pretty much a huge joke, but it's fun to, to kind of <laughs> poke fun at. And it always is, as much as I chirp it, I usually do uh, have one eye on it at least. Keep an eye on it, see um, how it's going. I like, you know, especially the skills comp. The skills comp's a little more yeah, fun. That's cool. But three on three is always all right. But anyways, so what we've done, um, as per usual, uh, we did a ridiculous, I don't even know, what did, what, did we, what would you call it? Like a ridiculous guessing game to try to determine yeah. draft order. And then we drafted our own. Educated guesses. Yeah. We, we drafted our own fantasy teams from the all-star lineups what we did is take the same amount of players as the all-star teams have so six forwards three defensemen and two goalies and basically what we're gonna do is if you're a player on your team wins fastest skater you get a point if you wins hardest shot shea weber uh you get a point um and then in the all-star game too you know if you get a goal we'll give two points or whatever if you get an assist you get a point uh Whatever. I haven't figured out all the details, but <laughs> I'm going to put together a little scoring system before the weekend, and we're going to keep track of who can win. Um, and then I'm not sure if everybody saw, but a week or so ago, I tweeted out uh, a Risto shirt that I decided to, to mock up. I thought it was pretty badass until I realized the, the graphic I had was the wrong hand, so I'm going to swap that hand out. Uh, so what we're doing is the, the, pre, the person that comes in second and third in this fantasy draft uh, they have to together purchase the Risto sweater uh, for the winner. And Can't wait to be wearing that around. Yeah, and then if, if it looks as good as we think it's going to look, then we'll uh, maybe we'll sell a couple or give some, some away to some patrons or whatever the case may be. But, so, the way we determined draft order was trying to guess how many total goals have been scored in the NHL prior to tonight. I won. Apparently, <laughs> apparently it's because I work for hockey and I just know exactly how many goals are scored. My guess was 4,201. Yeah. Watch. Article comes out tomorrow on Daily Face Off. Yeah. Goals are up goals. in the NHL. Yeah. This is how many we've had this year. I'm Brock Seagan. Daily Face Off. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's not how it sounds. Spot on impression. Anyway, <laughs> spot on. Anyways, spot there was three hundred nine, or sorry, three thousand nine hundred and forty-seven goals scored this year. So I was off by about two seventy-five. Uh, Biebs was off by about three fifty, and D was off Woo! by uh, about a thousand three hundred. So I got first. I just pick. had a little bit more faith in the goalies. Yeah, yeah. Can't voodoo. That. You had more more faith in voodoo. Uh, from yeah. the last person I would expect to have any faith in, in, in <laughs> goaltenders is you. Uh, but anyway, so with my first pick, we're just going to quickly rip through our team since it doesn't actually matter. We don't need to uh, <laughs> to really break down why we picked each player. But uh, at first overall, I took Connor McDavid, which should, should really surprise no one. Right. I, I take him in every met. draft. Every draft I can. Number two, Alex Vetchkin gonna be going really rushing hard <laughs> okay um so that obviously i took sid and austin matthews because you know the kid's gonna be skating his uh tail off and, <laughs> and his what first else would he skate game. off 
I like how you guys are going to hear it, but every time we made a pick, like, the justification was, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be trying super hard. Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was literally our, that's our draft. That's our, like, that was our draft strategy. The yeah. guys who didn't get drafted are apparently, according to us, just not going to try. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that means you took Line Patrick Line yeah. Same reason as D. He's going to skate his um, tail, tail off. off. Yeah, Hell so on. I don't think we have it in order of how we drafted him, but we'll roll, we'll roll through our forwards first and then go to our defense. No, that's where I took him. Don't oh. worry. Okay, well, if you want to do it that way. Anyways, I took uh, Patrick Kane because he's got filthy mitts, uh, and the NHL loves Chicago, so I'm sure Patrick Kane will win some shit because he's Patrick Kane. Because <laughs> the uh, NHL loves Chicago. Yeah. Uh, shit. <laughs> and then I took Tyler Segan because great last name. He'll probably be trying hard. I don't know. <laughs> probably i took eric carlson because that dude's just straight nasty and he's gonna get about 80 apples in the game so right. assists, sorry 80 assists apples that's, that's a hefty Great. projection uh i doubled up on d and took brent burns because obviously and then pk suban because he's a big stage kind of guy he's gonna kill it in the spotlight he is big stage. that's a good one i thought about that too i was like that's ah, uh he likes the spotlight for sure Speaking of liking the spotlight, Wayne Simmons. No, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I got Wayne Simmons, though. He's going to be trying hard. This guy just, I feel like he can never turn off going on. No, is this you know his what? first All Star game? Well, yeah. And you know what? Yeah, his, his, it's his first All Star game, and his career's come captain. full circle now, too, right? He's, he's back in LA. Drew uh-huh. got traded. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. I liked the pick. Yeah, that's a profile piece just waiting to happen. There you he go. literally he's gonna he be goes like so hard always. So I just don't as soon as he used the word full circle, like a sports editor's ears somewhere it just perked up. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I was like, ooh, this makes perfect sense. Uh, but then <laughs> oh, I, I took John Tavares because uh, I hate the Islanders and all the shitty players he has to play with. Finally, he's going to get some really, really, really of skilled, the best players in the world to play with. Uh, so Tavares is going to light it up. He's going to be super fired up. He's going to go back to Brooklyn and be like, trade for this guy because I need some help. Uh, and then I took Drew Doughty because it's in Los Angeles. I needed a defenseman. Uh, he's going to be going hard for the hometown. Uh, not really his hometown, but the, the city he plays in. He's going to love him. Um, yeah. Tons of celebrities in the crowd. He's going to be going hard. Again, the only justification for taking any player in the All-Star game. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, really. Um, I, I just thought of the funniest thing. What if they just traded, um, they're just like, yeah, John Tavares, you're getting sent over and Austin Matthews, you're taking a switch and Tavares just gets placed on that absolutely terrible all-star team. <laughs> yeah. They just want to get Matthews another game. <laughs> <laughs> they just want Tavares to just suffer. But I took, uh, Vlad Tarasenko. What's He's, probably? um, absolute Geno stud. Actually hung around way longer than he should have. If it yeah. Really the fact that I got him after Wayne Simmons, kind of ridiculous, but yeah, you know. You you Good love the, fir- the full circle storyline. That's what you're going for. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about the full circles. Um, I think I took Price now. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, because Carrie. And then yeah. I took uh, Pavelski, because he was really like the last uh, point per game guy left, I think. Yeah. And then I took and, Johnny uh, Hockey. Yeah. Johnny oh, Puck. You could have gone. You could have gone. No. no that. Uh, Johnny Hockey, he's just like nasty in general. And he's... Uh, <laughs> You know, people are people are. I actually think Goudreau is probably one of the best three round three players in the league. I oh agree, yeah, so. I almost took him in like the second round, and then I did, and I'm like, ah, he can stay. I don't need him. Right like, after I, I like talked about how much how much faith I have in him, I just decided to have zero faith in him. He's yeah. sick. Uh, I stuck with oh, I. I just was basically <laughs> trying to load up on uh, the Western Conference because I think 
regardless one team will have to make it out of the western conference so i was trying to get True. the extra game i was trying yeah, to right. incorporate a little bit of strategy so i stacked up on my la kings and went with jeff carter uh again it's in la it's gonna be going hard um and then i think i took victor hedman um he's yeah. just really good at hockey very yep. good defenseman <laughs> <laughs> i took uh hardest out. shot bet shea weber um we I should point out. I, yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say we should definitely point out the fact that he was just like, "I'm taking Shea Weber because he has a bomb." Before he took Shea Weber, we didn't say we were giving away any points for the skills competition, yeah. and I said, "Do you realize that he's gonna take zero slap shots in the All Star game?" And then he kind of went silent and was like, "Shit." But then I'm like, "You know what? Let's incorporate the hardest shot." And you you basically just drafted yourself a point, maybe a couple helpers here and there, but yeah, yeah. Wow. He's going to be just ripping bombs at people's shins. (laughs) Just wait. He's going to be injuring people. It'd be like, this just in, seven All-Stars injured. Brock has to go away from his vacation and write about it. Yeah. Because (laughs) Shea Weber's ripping bombs. (laughs) Wins Brosny. All right, D, who did you take after that? I took Bobrovsky because he's the best goalie on the best team in this little thing. And then I have Bobrovsky and Price, so either way I'm getting like three games out of my goalies. Um, And then who did I take? I think I took Kucherov. Yes. Because who, who yeah, somehow he was obviously. still around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I took Brayton Holtby because uh, that way I have a go- one goalie on Brock's team of mega superstar guy. Oh, no. Wait, never mind. I'm totally thinking of the wrong team. Never mind. I just took Holtby because he's Holtby. <laughs> yeah, he's on the Brock's team. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I thought about it. I was like, no, wait. I don't have Mike Smith, and he's on your team. I took uh, I took Cam Fowler because he's from just up the uh, up the coast in anaheim so he'll be uh he'll be used to the california weather oh, i guess that's windsor. just as good of a justification i, I, I thought he was you're gonna sh- a windsor shout out for sure. oh no no windsor. no um and then Rocky. i took cam atkinson who just replaced evgeny malkin who's out oh, because of an injury now atkinson's a guy having a great year he's speedy good mitts he's gonna be trying hard first all-star game he, he deserved it he earned the right to be here uh, so I just think he's going to be trying yeah, harder than gonna be, anybody yeah, no, else he's definitely going to try to be putting some respect on that name. Yeah, know, he's going to be like, he's going to be that kid in gym class that just tried way too hard. That He's just going to be that right. try hard out there. That was me. But you know, sometimes way. that's all you need is the extra effort. Yeah, oh, that's, that's exactly, especially in a game like this, he's going to be going all out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone hates that guy in gym, but you still pick him like. Oh, every day. Forward. First yeah, overall. Yeah, you want to win. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. don't. Your yeah. talent, and then you know. Effort. Deep down, you want to win just as bad. You just don't show it. Yeah, right. yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Or um, you're just better, and you don't have to try as hard. True, true. Yeah, whatever. My name's Brock. I'm an all-star. Um, <laughs> Devin Dubnik, I think I took next. Yeah, Devin Dubnik, um, best goalie in the NHL right now. So why not? Yep. Nice. Uh, I went Keith and Taves here because actually. I said Taze was going to be getting a lot of respect feeds from his, from his young teammates. <laughs> and because everybody's like, he shouldn't be here. He shouldn't be an all-star. But, hey, the NHL is coming. Yeah. So you an all-star. Seriously. Trying to, also trying to put some spec on his name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is me next. Sorry. Um, yeah, I took um, everyone's favorite player, Nathan McKinnon, as – I love Nathan McKinnon. That's well, why because you him. ripped the abs up in the first segment. I actually, so you had to... I wanted McKinnon too, just because I think uh, he'll be sweet. 
I just <laughs> really <laughs> like Nathan McKinnon. Like, no, I think he'll be good in the three on three. Well, half my reasoning is like I'm gonna be watching the game half and half, and like that's one person I'm just gonna be for sure be paying attention yeah. to. So. I just so hope he doesn't fun. get that same thing Tavares might get hit with, which is just like the utter confusion of just being surrounded by mm-hmm. actual talented players. So yeah, confusion. They just stand that culture like, shock might just be too much to recover from, but I, I got faith. Yeah, well, yeah, st- no, I... st- sticking with players that could be uh, hit by the old culture shock, I went with Mike Smith. Basically, I was just thinking that uh, the kid stops a lot of pucks in Arizona. The hipster pick. He's going to be super jacked to be there. Um, and then everybody's favorite coyote, John Scott, last year had a pretty good showing. So I think, eh, why not? Mike Smith can do it this year. Uh, I really, I have no idea uh, why I took Mike Smith. I, I passed on Martin Jones to take the Mike pick, Smith. Dude. Yeah, I'm, I, you know what? I just, be different. Yeah, I just think that it's actually worked. Though. I think it's gonna After work. After you took him, I was like, oh, it's, it's gonna a good choice. It's funny when I came up with this idea. Like my whole, my whole plan was to draft Mike Smith all along. Like, ah, Mike Smith's gonna be on this squad. His family's gonna be watching. You know. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got to yeah. do it for the Smiths. His like, his children who are like mild mid teenage <laughs> years, I'm sure, because he's kind of an older man. Mike Smith's family is the only family watching the else. <laughs> no, I'm like, you think you think Austin Matthews kids are? No, Cam Atkins. Cam Atkins' family's definitely watching. Matthews but, kids uh, will not be there. But uh, I all, I rounded out my goalies and my draft with Corey Crawford uh, because I was getting with Martin Jones just in case. Mike Smith is shit, uh, but I decided against it. Oh, Corey yeah. Crawford's pretty good. He's not elite, but he's pretty good. Almost elite. I took uh, Seth Jones. The same reason you took Cam Atkinson, um, just because he's going to play hard. I don't know. No, nah, Seth Jones probably won't play hard at all. No, but no, he's, I, a, he's a decent fit for the 3-on-3. Yeah. I just like the young legs. Um, yeah, him and Falk. Like Falk is the other one I think that could have got drafted just because he's probably gonna rip up through. Yeah, I thought about yeah, Falk over Headman like for a really long time. Yeah, seriously. Uh, and then I took Taylor Hall because I think we all forgot he was there. Yeah, and that was the sure, end of the draft. Sure did. Uh, but anyways, um, <laughs> that's the end of the first half. I will uh, put these teams together and tweet them out. Tell us which team you guys think. Or which one of us drafted the best team? Really, I'm going to tell you right now, you have no idea because it's the All-Star game and the skills oh, competition. Um, Franz Nielsen yeah, we were, is probably going to we walk away with the MVP. I was joking after we did it. I was looking at my team and I was like, oh, my team's stacked. Like, no shit. It's a draft out of All-Star players. <laughs> it's obviously going to be stacked. It's something wrong if it's not stacked. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Crosby, Matthews, Pavelski, Kucherov, Taves, Hall, Burns. Yeah, not bad. But, uh, yeah, I think if you look across the board, we all got good teams. But, anyways, enjoy the Blue Stones. Uh, When we get back from the Blue Stones, we're going to read and answer a bunch of Twitter questions. You guys uh, came out en masse this week. Uh, So, we're going to answer a shitload of questions that you guys have for us. So, enjoy the Blue Stones. See you guys back here in 60 seconds. Broken down, so I should drop down. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Fly low like a broken arrow The time slows and my vision arrows I'm out of money, I'm out of time Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set on free Because this silence is killing me 
Welcome back to episode 50 of the Daily Faceoff podcast. As always, hope you guys are enjoying those sweet licks from the Blue Stones. Uh, I don't think we had a break last week, so nice to give you guys a little bit more stuff. <laughs> uh, the boys are killing it right now. Climb the alt charts. Check them out on Spotify. Check them out on YouTube. It's, it's so funny because last week we didn't have a break and we were like, well, maybe we'll just throw a th- like a full song at the end. But like I've already got them broken down like by one minute segments for the breaks. And I was Did just like, I was just way too lazy to throw a full song in. So I just threw <laughs> a minute clip in. I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. Huge tease. Eh? <laughs> like, oh, give him a full song. Give him a full song. And then just, no, didn't happen. <laughs> but that's wow. the, the tease, right? And then you go check their music out on their own platform. Yeah, it's the whole point. Because, uh, music and they get yeah then they get some uh some exposure tunes but now uh we're gonna break into a, a, a massive twitter questions as brock put it because uh i haven't really done them lately and uh, you guys have been asking a lot of questions so uh, i'll throw it over to Beeves now and he's gonna head the segment yeah so uh twitter questions i missed it i missed uh you know missed that missed attempting to read people's twitter handles and just completely choking on it right um, it's a pretty easy one but yeah you should be good no, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for the first one. Um, but, yeah, if you ever want to, uh, you ever have any fantasy hockey questions, um, I mean, before episodes, we'll always toss out some, send them in. But if you want to send them in any time, um, hit us up at Daily Faceoff Podcast. DFO Podcast, right? That's our yep. Twitter handle? Yeah, at DFO, yeah. DFO Podcast. Yeah, that's us. Or at Brock underscore Sagan. <laughs> or at 3D Berthium or at... Steve's Bondi. Um, and again, yeah, just uh, send us those questions anytime. So the first one comes from actually off the website, the DFO website itself, um, from Fickle. He asks, what teams are buying slash selling, and what team do you think should buy slash sell? Um, before I get into it, I, I noticed that you had when you said my last name wrong, but uh, earlier today I commented on the site. I'm like, oh my god, the NHL is trying to kill me with all these damn games because there was like 13 games today. I was nuts. And this one guy commented, he's like, Gary hates you, Brock. This is all part, part of his diabolical plan of getting rid of you. He's an evil mastermind. No one will pronounce Tyler Seagan's last name wrong once you're gone. Ha ha ha. like, oh, you son of a bitch. Um, super jokes. Yeah, but... Uh, so anyways, Fickle, uh, It's I think it's a little too early to really tell who's going to be the buyers and who's going to be the sellers. I think uh, it's becoming... It's crazy. Uh, sorry. Like, just... No, just to say, sorry. Like, it's crazy how, like, compacted the middle of the league is. Yeah, it's... You got the Leafs in 12th place, 12th overall in the league with 55 points. Uh, Stars are 28th with 48, so that's a seven-point gap. Yeah, like, even, even yesterday it was funny because, like, uh, the Leafs had been have been bad for a while the wings have been like meh for the last couple years and they so many times yesterday when they were playing they they kind of were like this is the first time these two teams have played like a meaningful game in late january and forever uh and then but like as soon as the game was over it was pretty much like the nail in the coffin for the red wings uh yeah but like it was funny though because like even like the red wings like they were playing good like they they had a couple they rattled off a couple wins a couple overtime losses losses, they were still they were still in it like big time and then like that loss kind of hurt them a lot but it's just like even them like they were had they had such a bad first half and they were still so in the thick of things like it's the parody this year is just insane but yeah i think more so than ever it's it's as tight as ever which i think makes it a little more difficult to say who's buying or selling uh but i think now because there's a lot of teams that could go either way exactly um but like even like I saw a couple guys today. Like I don't necessarily look at the Flyers as a team that would be sellers, 
but I've seen a lot of stuff from Philadelphia kind of saying like they really want the Flyers to be sellers or not good enough to win the cup. And so there's a lot of teams kind of I think in that same mentality where the fans, uh-huh. the the you know the the common fan just is like I want to always make the playoffs and blah blah blah, blah which is, which I don't disagree with. But there's a lot of people out there that are just like you know what, it's probably best for the team if they sell this year, stockpile a couple picks because they're really not quite ready. But um, the teams that I Flyers really... fans are crazy, by the way. Drew's not going to be here forever. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but I think obviously now the Red Wings are definitely going to be sellers. Just speaking from a, a Red Wings fan standpoint, uh, I think obviously Beebs, you can allude to yeah, this. I Avalanche clearly sellers. They've been sellers since December. <laughs> I think um, Duchesne, Landeskog, one of them is going sellers for sure. Sellers since September. Uh, Varlamov season ending hip surgery today, so he's going to be a Las Vegas Golden Knight next year. Yep. Um, I think Arizona is yep. another team that will move a couple pieces. Uh, but again, I think we're maybe like about two weeks away. I think the next two weeks after the, like the break here are really gonna the playoff picture is gonna get a little clearer. Some teams are really gonna either continue what they were doing or 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 fall off a bit, and we'll have a clearer picture. Um, as far as buyers go, I think the Blues, Oilers, Blackhawks, and Predators are all definite. Uh, contenders in the Western Conference that will probably be looking to add uh, a piece, if not two. Uh, and then, Beebs, I think you were the one that pointed this one out last week, but I think the Blue Jackets are a team in the East uh, that are, you know, they're going to be a playoff team, but I still think they might need a, a piece or two to kind of really solidify themselves pieces, yeah. uh, as, as real contenders. I mean, obviously, we saw them win 15 in a row. They've fallen back to the pack here a little bit the last couple weeks, but. I think they're a team that needs to make, you know, a move. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. Next question comes from <laughs> at Dennis STP, which I hope that's a Stone Temple pilot um, reference there. But um, I think it's the same guy. I think it's the website. same guy that always uh, asks us on Twitter, and his name's Dennis Saint Pierre. So, but maybe Stone Temple pilots. We'll see. Ooh. <laughs> not not a Stone Temple Pilot fan. Anyways, um, he asked Tommy Wingles trade. How does it benefit Ottawa and or San Jose? Uh, not much of a fancy hockey question, so I'll just touch on it quickly. Uh, the Senators won the trade, in my opinion. Uh, they barely gave anything up. Buddy Robinson, RFA this summer, not great. Zach Sortini, didn't even know he was still playing. Uh, and a seventh is whatever yeah, at this point. Me. Uh, a seventh won't be anything for five years, uh, if anything. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, believe Sortini was in the league still. Uh, the best part of the Wingles trade really <laughs> is the fact that the Senators just can plug a guy in there who's just better than Chris Neal. Um, that's yeah, really. the biggest benefit. They immediately scratched Neal tonight, so it's obvious uh what they were kind of trying to do i think wingles is a fairly solid player it's pretty good good, good it's fourth a pretty line uh, guy. pretty irrelevant trade overall yeah yeah right, right. Like it's it's little more than a waiver claim yeah 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 it's very right. true it's like a fourth line guy for uh jump change yeah yeah i guess couldn't believe stortini was part of that deal like what? yeah that was literally like, the most surprising part of the deal was zach stortini still playing okay. yeah it's so weird because it's like what's the point of putting start like what is the reasoning that stortini was put in that trade is uh, it like the hl team wants a little bit more good yeah like, no it is for sure you know what i mean he was yeah. gonna win an all-star vote and uh, yeah oh my True. god yo beebs while you're googling this well, you're sorry. Well, you're asking this next question. D, you should Google Zach Stortini and just look at the picture that pops up on Google. It's phenomenal. I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, and for our fans, do it as well while you're listening, unless you're driving. Um, but next question comes from Jake Five. <laughs> it looks at like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
<laughs> okay, I gotta, sorry. I gotta do that. Um, <laughs> comes from at J5 who asked it off DFO. J5. Yes. Goalies that are poised for a better second half than first. Brock. Corey Schneider. Corey Schneider was a, is a good answer for sure. Uh, guy I'm going with is Connor Hellebuck's a kid that can definitely have a better second True. half. Um, of the qualified. Pardon? I don't want to cut you off, but just before you move on from Hellebuck, I actually think Hellebuck is hella good and he just has consistency issues right now, um, which is obviously a huge part of goaltending. But he just, like, from watching the games, like, you kind of, like, you don't know exactly which Hellebuck you're going to get. Uh, and it seems like if he can get through the first period, he's pretty solid. Like, if he can have a solid first period, he's going to have a good night. But he, his confidence just kind of seems to waver if they get to him early. Yeah. Uh, so I do agree that Hellebuck has a lot more talent than what he showed so far this year. Yeah, and they obviously had a lot of belief in him last year, and then now all of a sudden they seem to kind of be going away from that. I think that has a lot, has a lot to do with Winnipeg being more of a contender. So they're just like, they need to win as many games as, as they can, where before, last year they were kind of out of it. Um, yeah. But... Of the qualified goalies, so you have to start 14 games uh, right now to be, you know, in contention for save percentage goals against uh, average leaders or whatever. So, of the qualified goaltenders, Hellebuck actually faces the lowest quality of shots of any goalie in the NHL. So, the Jets do a really good job in front of him, limiting the quality chances. Um, the majority of the chances that he, he, he are, he's facing are coming from a, a really long distance. So, that's something that you can look into and really expect... Uh, him to improve. I mean, like, unless unless he just somehow sucks at saving shots from a really long distance uh, that we don't know about, uh, that's that's a that's a way to look <laughs> at the fact that you he's thing. struggling, but it shouldn't continue. He's obviously had his ups and downs, like D said. He seems to have a consistency issue here, which might not be great, but he had a pretty good second half last year. He's a solid NHL goaltender. He's got a bright future. I think he's just one guy. I think Corey Schneider is another good example for sure, D. Uh, I figured he was somebody that you would probably talk about, but uh, Hellebuck's <laughs> yeah. a guy that I think is due for a better uh, second half. Yeah. All right, next question from Feel the Burns um, <laughs> at DFO. He asks, how are the Leafs doing so well, D? Um, to put it simply, all the guys they added this year have just been huge um, for creating offense. Uh, and I guess, you know... It, in the process, they're pressing. They're not guys that obviously excel in the defensive games, but they just do so well at creating offense. Um, and it's added so much depth to the team. So mostly, honestly, it's just been the play of the rookies because Matthews, Marner, and Elander have all played um, no. to you know good to elite levels of hockey. Um, and then that's helped kind of push other guys back into secondary and tertiary, tertiary roles up front that they might be better suited for. Guys like JVR and Bozak. You know, Bozak's done great as a third line center this year. I always had a beef with Bozak. Um, the franchise trying to kind of pin Bozak as the, this is the number one center and the guy moving forward, which they did for years. Um, so I think it kind of was a little bit unfair to Bozak because uh, it, it pinned a lot of fans against him when he's not producing like a first-line center when it's really not what he is, and he's excelling in the third-line role. And then obviously Nazem Kadri, um, I think, you know, honestly can't be overstated how huge his play has been for the team mm-hmm. this year because, you know, not only is, you know, obviously a big deal has been made about how he's been going up against the, the best on the other teams, but he's just straight up outplaying them and out-generating, uh, you know, the best lines in the other teams uh, on a pretty consistent basis. And then Freddie Anderson has made up for any uh, woes that they've had on defense. Obviously, the depth on D is the biggest issue for the Leafs right now. But Anderson's played so well that it's kind of mitigated that uh, so far anyway. So we'll see if that continues. But. It's funny because uh, you never hear about the Selkie Trophy, like, ever. Like, I couldn't even tell you who wins the Selkie Trophy usually. But, like, all of a sudden, 
Kadri has been so good this year, and like Sportsnet, it's like the only trophy they talk about is the Selkie. It kills me. Uh, but to Dude, be the least um, pessimist that I am, um, the reason I feel like they're doing so well, especially recently, is their special teams for sure. Uh, and they've yep. also been really fortunate when it comes uh, to health. Uh, but yes. let's just start. start we'll start first with the special teams. They're twelve or sorry, eleven two and two in their last fifteen games. Over that span, their power play is clicking at a league best thirty six point two percent scoring, and also wow. league best seventeen power play goals over that time. Um, at the same time, they've also had the top penalty kill at ninety one point two percent. Both of which should be expected to regress uh, at least a little bit especially the power play obviously can't click at 36.2 percent right we're also not expecting them to play at 11 three and one for the no 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 for sure um but then also if you just like over the course of the whole season they've also battled literally uh no injuries almost up to the point Mm -hmm. until morgan riley got hurt exactly Uh, if you look 11 players on the team have been in every single game so far this year it's crazy it's actually crazy dude and uh and then even the players who have been hurt have missed a handful of games if if that uh so they have really not battled any injuries at all uh freddie anderson had a minor injury morgan riley's had missed I think four games. He should be back before the break. I'm not. I'm not an idiot. I know the Leafs are good. I don't. I don't even hate the Leafs. I actually really like watching them. I just hate how they're covered. I hate Sportsnet. I hate TSN and how they cover them. And that's why I hate the Leafs. But they really are a good team. So, like like you said, he, it, it, Matthews is just incredible. Marner's been really good. Nylander's yeah. been good. And they just and have a lot of quality depth. pieces. Uh, they're mm-hmm. not the greatest defensive team, but. Uh, they're also not a team that it can't throw to a really strong defensive performance. Uh, I mean, the Red Wings aren't the greatest team, but the Leafs really just stymied them uh, all over the ice yesterday. Well, they dominated they, they, they couldn't, all aspects. The Red Wings couldn't do anything. Uh, so, I mean, against teams that are, you know, maybe subpar, the Leafs, you know, have they are capable of playing solid defense, and they obviously uh, have shown throughout the year that they can they can score at will for the most part. Uh, but again, I would really expect that power play to, to slow down. And they've just been absolutely dominant on the road recently. Like, they can't lose on the road. It's crazy. You don't see that very often. So, I mean, the Leafs, they're a playoff team. I said, it's the, they are. They're going to make the playoffs. It, I'd be shocked. It's crazy that, like, so many people are saying that and they have such an obvious weakness, right? But I think it just, uh, like, in their defense. But I think it just kind of speaks to how um you know obviously the depth and how good they are up front and like i said the play of freddie anderson yeah so anderson's, anderson's been really strong like but you, had, you, you honestly you can't be good in this league without at least like above average goal well it's crazy because yeah. he has like such a high goals against average but then also such a high save percentage like he's just facing so many shots and he's still giving up uh, yeah two and a half goals but, a, a game, so, but, he's, yeah, but they're so, scoring three part in front of what of makes the Leafs so fun to watch right they're in like the top three for shots for and shots against yeah it's so. crazy it's very up and down style of play and obviously you know the one thing uh, I really want to mention just before we move on, uh, the bullshit thing about that, that Selkie coverage is, like, I was watching the intermission and Doug McClain's like, you wonder why this guy's name is in the Selkie conversation, right? Literally earlier in that day, Kadri was the one who put his own name in Selkie conversation to a degree, like, or to the whole extent. It literally wasn't even being talked about. Kadri did a phone-in interview with Hockey Central, and he was just talking about how one day he wants his name to be, like, in the conversation for the Selkie trophy. <laughs> and then later on that night, Doug McClain, you wonder why this guy's name's in the Selkie conversation. Yeah. Oh, man, Doug McClain was just being ridiculous. That guy's a... Yeah. Oh, I, dude, it's crazy how 
honestly, like the shift in his coverage, like he's never been this big of a leaf homer before, and like it's, uh, yeah, it's a little cringy to watch. Well, it's, I can't. I, I have to mute Sports and TSN. It's, oh yeah, it's I yeah. But that, that just made me laugh. It's just like you wonder why his name's in so good. Well, it's in his. Really self, it's in the conversation because Catchy literally put himself in it. <laughs> love like Nas. Joel Embiid. Oh, I love Nas. Joel Probably one of the best players in the league. But. Yeah. Moving on though. Next question from Big Pavelski asked through DFO. It's uh, I gotta stress the punctuation here. So Jake Allen, and that should give you hours of content to discuss. Uh, I think we talked about this before. It's just maybe Allen uh, isn't quite as good as we thought he was. Maybe he, maybe he just wasn't ready for the sixty games. Maybe he's been better. He's better in a timeshare. Uh, I know me and D talked about that for sure. And then I so really what it boils down to. I mean, if we're if we're trying to get some some insight on what's going to happen with Allen for the rest of the year, uh, I think that he'll probably just see less playing time down the stretch. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, maybe just because he's, he's a night. little bit better in a timeshare. And really because Carter Hutton has kind of played himself into a bigger role. He's played really well. It's a kid that, you know, in his limited action with Nashville, he played very well as well. He was so good, yeah. He's a solid backup, and I think that they have a nice little timeshare there. Um, Allen obviously had a pretty... Uh, good save percentage coming into this year uh the struggles he's had this year he's seen his save percentage drop down to 911 over his career uh but yeah. i think he's still a solid netminder behind one of the better teams in the league um so i don't hate allen uh as a low-end number two option for the remainder of the year i think he'll be fine uh and i definitely think that he's a guy that you could target as maybe a number three if you need a little bit of help in net uh, as a buy low, because I know there's a lot of people that just are, are ready to just get rid of him at any chance they can. I know he's being dropped like crazy as well. So I think he'll be fine just with way less starts than you were expecting when you drafted him at the start of the year. Yeah. yeah. Like I, to me, it's just a guy who had one season with an above average save percentage coming into this year, um, who always played on a team that's really good at repressing shots against. Uh, but yeah, I do think like he's, there's obviously something there. He's shown it in flashes before. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think probably just a lighter workload can go a long way for this guy. All right, so the next one comes from uh, a patron of ours, uh, Ryan yeah. Del Rosario. Thank you, Ryan. Um, he says, been riding Cheers, three buddy. goalies in a stats league. Martin Jones, John Gibson, and Ben Bishop. Do I sell Gibby at the deadline, negotiate with Allen's distraught owners? Laugh my ass off. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, like, again, if uh, if you want to get rid of Gibson and pick up Allen and something else to help your team up front or on the blue line or whatever, fine. Uh, but in my opinion, uh, I'd be trying to trade Ben Bishop. I think you can move Bishop for a mm-hmm. decent piece. Uh, Bishop is is not had the greatest year either, but he's still a fairly big name where I think you could get something for him. I think other people will be also trying to buy him low. And then if you do that, I think you are just fine to roll uh, with martin jones and job john gibson as a really yeah. strong one-two punch i don't think yeah. i would trade gibson and weaken yourself at the position i would definitely look to stay solid in net and upgrade elsewhere so i would trade bishop if i was him yeah i know that's really a point like I'll, I'll, that's all i was gonna say is just like if you trade gibson you need a goalie back if you trade bishop you don't so yeah so and next if question trade, comes... if you trade gibson like you who are you gonna get back really like another dc like it's goalie, gonna it's definitely gibson... gonna be hampering your goalie yeah obviously yeah, yeah. But like, like you would need at least, at the very least, like a guy like Jake Allen. Back, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, I don't at the like least. It. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. So next one c- 
comes through Twitter um, from at Tristan Anderson. And he asks, is it time to drop Mantha? And number two is Howard worth stashing on the IR. Take it away, Brock. Yeah, that's all you, buddy. Uh, again, it always depends in situations like this, kind of what league you're in. Um, Mantha was red hot. I like Mantha a lot. Uh, big frame. Great shot. Uh, big he, frame. He, he's been held scoreless for six straight, which obviously isn't ideal. But I'm like, it depends how deep of a league you're in. If you're in a shadow league, then I'd yeah, go ahead and cut bait with him. But if you're in a 12-team league, I still think he's rosterable at this point. I'd give him another week, see how he comes back from the All-Star break. Uh, he's just too talented to not score. Uh, it depends again, though, who's on your, your free agency list. Uh, and then again, if you have an empty IR spot, uh, I don't understand why you wouldn't stash anybody. Uh, I always fill up every right. IR spot as long as you, yeah, can. as long as, uh, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you have, uh, Howard on there and then all of a sudden one of your best players goes down and you need that IR spot, then yeah, you drop him. But if you have something, open, he's definitely worth stashing, um, Howard was great at the start of the year. I don't expect him to be as great when he comes back, but he can be a definite, uh, solid low-end number two option uh, when he does come back, I think. Yep. Yeah. Um, so next question, and I think you kind of addressed this one almost at the end of your last one there, but it comes from at Death Proof Mike through Twitter. He asks, should I hold on to Huberto in a 20-man league? I'm fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, Huberto was on the ice this morning. He's a huge piece in a league that big. Uh, you know, yeah. Huberto is a Huberto is a pretty above average player in a standard 12-team league. But when you start talking 20-team leagues, uh, Huberto is a really solid mm-hmm. player, mm-hmm. like really good, actually. Um, so he'll be back in February, whether it's early to mid-February uh, remains kind of be seen. But it's good to see him back on the ice. He's going to need a week or so to probably get back up to speed. Uh, so I, I don't expect to see him until probably... Uh, mid-February, but it makes if you've waited this long, it really makes no that, sense to drop him at this point. That, I mean, like, why, why yeah. hold on to him for October, November, December, January, February, and then drop him? Well, you, yeah. you hold on yeah. him for five months and drop him two weeks before he gets back? I don't understand it. Yep. Yeah, no, seriously, yeah, at that point, like, you're just, like, you basically marinated At this point, you should else. just be like, let's Let's go. I'm like, I'd be fired up to get him back. Like, yeah, I can't wait for Huberto to be back. Who am I going to draw uh, for? Him? Yeah, it's really disappointing because like he's coming into like his age twenty three season, and for him to miss as much time as he has, like it was really yeah, fun. I was so high on Huberto path. too. This coming yeah, him and Yager is going to be awesome. It's yeah. going to be great when it comes to happen again. Awesome. They're going to make but, the push, man. That Florida team is going to be dangerous when they get healthy. I think they're going to. They're not out of it yet. Nope. But nope. our uh, our final question here comes from a patron as well. Oh, cheers. Um, Known listener to the show, Stephen Sues. And he asked, Would you trade Kevin Shattenkirk because the risk he may go to a less productive team also buy low before a trade deadline? Uh it's tough to say. Obviously, it depends how much you can get back. Like I wouldn't trade Shattenkirk for nothing. Uh yeah. but like basically what's gonna I think happen. He's like fifth in points right now for defensive. Yeah, and what's gonna happen with Shattenkirk, it's not like Shattenkirk's gonna get traded to the Avalanche. Shattenkirk, the team that's going to make a pitch for, for Shattenkirk is going to be a team that's a playoff team uh, that needs a right-handed defenseman, yeah. that needs help on the power play. So the yeah. chances of him really going from the Blues to a less productive team seem rather slim. Uh, I mean, he might might be a slightly less productive team, but wherever Shattenkirk goes, he's going to see a ton of power play time. That's what he's there for. So I don't mm-hmm. think you ever have to worry about Shattenkirk. And even if he goes to a team with a bad power play, Shattenkirk immediately makes that power play that much better. 
Uh, so Shattenkirk's yeah. a guy that uh, I would definitely want to trade for, uh, regardless mm-hmm. of where he's going for. Whenever you can get a guy like Shattenkirk on the back end, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, then if, if we're talking by low candidates, uh, I think we kind of alluded to him already. Uh, Monaghan and Goudreau are huge for me right now. Uh, I also think Corey Perry's another guy I'd be targeting. He, uh, he's been about like half a point per game over the last month, so nothing Corey Perry-like. But the Ducks are playing really good hockey. Uh, much better than I think we all kind of gave them credit for. Uh, Kessler's that Kessler line's been ridiculous. Gesslaff's really started to pick it up. Second half guy Perry will be right there with him, I think. Uh, so Perry's oh. another guy that I think I'd b- try to buy low on. And even all the guys that we've mentioned throughout the show, I think uh, we've given quite a few guys that you could target. Kopitar mm-hmm. too, but we've been saying him for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I hope. I wonder how many people actually bought low on Bergeron, like we said, because he's just absolutely. Yeah, he's been Yeah, Kuznetsov, Kuznetsov too. too. Yeah, man, Kuznetsov had two tonight and like nine shots. He's. They he's, both have just been on fire. You gotta listen on, to the man, podcast, man. You gotta listen to the podcast. <laughs> that's all our questions, though. Oh, that's so, every. That's uh, all. That's all she wrote. We've been eh? Cleaned out. Yeah. But uh, all right. Well, the, I guess I'll take back over Beeps. Well done on the hosting. I love. Uh, yeah, you I know, love really how you had to bring those. up my host voice. Yeah, I love how you present the Twitter question. My favorite is uh, when I answer a question and D just agrees. He goes, "Okay," and then Beeps just is like. Okay, <laughs> and then ask the next question. <laughs> yeah, I just let you go, man. That's uh, funny. But uh, anyways, that was episode 50, boys. I can't believe we made it uh, to episode 50. It's great. We love bringing these to you. Uh, if you like listening to us, make sure you tell your friends. We'll hopefully tell your friends' friends. Uh, if you like what we do, please leave a comment uh, on the iTunes page. If you don't like what we do, please let us know what we can improve on. We're always trying to get better. Yep. Uh, again, we're only 50 episodes in. We're still kind of figuring out how this whole thing works. Fresh. Uh, Fresh honestly, here. it's so much better than it was. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's oh. so much better. We're, we're, we're steadily improving, and we, we still there's still things that we can improve yeah. on. So uh, just let us know what you guys yeah. think. Uh, and if you want to become a patron and support the show, head over to uh, – twitter.com and search at dfo podcast and there's a link right at the top um big things coming 2017 i know i've made some promises but we've got your guys back (laughs) big Uh, things are always so anyways enjoy the blue stones we'll see you guys back here same time next week and make sure you half watch the all-star game yeah half watch it at least i like the skills comp better yeah it's great but anyways make sure you let us know which person also drafted the best all-star team fantasy lineup which is just a massive joke nobody will really know but anyways see you guys back here next week peace
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.